college football is happening this month, which means you need to be thinking, Georgia fan, about going to games. You need to be thinking about getting some tickets if you don't already have those tickets. You need to be thinking about who we're playing and when we're playing them. You need to familiarize yourself with this team and this schedule. There's a lot of recruiting talk that is coming up that we've done on this podcast, but let's talk about the players that are on the roster. Let's talk about the games that are going to be played Break down the schedule a little bit today on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. I am Daniel, joined again this week, two times in one week, by John, uh, good friend, John Smith. John tweets sports over on Twitter. John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. It is um, the day that Georgia starts fall camp. Oh, um, pads are Pads are popping today. We're out here. Um, we are out here. And I'm very excited, very excited for this day. You know, I think... Um, you know, when you when you think about days like this throughout your year, these are the days that you get up a little earlier. Mm. You you get the day started. You know, maybe maybe a little workout, exercise, That's sweat, right. go, something that you don't normally run. do. Go yeah, for a little run. Just, yeah. Get the blood. Just you. You might say that these are the days that you attack the day. Mm. And so <clears throat> I'm excited um, to uh, attack the day as Georgia rolls into fall camp. Mark Rick has lost control of the phrase attack the day, so we're not going to use that any longer. Um, also, we don't want to go too fast on this podcast or somebody will write an article. Chris Marla will tweet about us if we oh, if we God. move too quickly on this podcast, and so we're Boy. not we're not looking Boy. for that. Um, let's talk about some football games. Uh, by the way, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, 7,500 subscribers by the time the season rolls around. We're not that far away. So uh, jump on there. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching this video. And if you're watching on YouTube, go subscribe to an audio podcast platform. Find your favorite one. Subscribe to the show. It honestly doesn't seem like much, but that is a way that you help us out a tremendous amount. And so uh, we appreciate that. I appreciate that. Clint, my co-host, appreciates that. Um, If he ever comes back to the pod, we shall see. But um, uh, happy to be talking to you, John. And let's dive into this schedule. Uh, First of all, we're not going to talk about UT Martin, Ball State, or UAB on this podcast. I'm not interested. So moving on. Moving on. Okay. Um, I honestly think that the first three conference games on the schedule, if you're not, if you don't have it in front of you, Georgia plays South Carolina in Athens on September 16th. They play at Auburn on September 30th and they play in Athens, back in Athens on October 7th, the following Saturday against Kentucky. I think those first three games, those first three conference games, there's broken up by the UAB game in there is the toughest are the toughest is the toughest three game stretch of SEC games on the schedule. Now it's not necessarily Georgia's toughest game in there, but I think this is a very interesting part of the early season schedule for Georgia. So let's just break it off into that little chunk. What game 
are you most interested in of those three? Um, man, okay, so interest varies. I think yep. the game I'm most interested in is the Auburn game because of Hugh Freeze. Mm. The last time that Kirby Smart played Hugh Freeze, um, it was at Ole Miss in 2016, and Hugh Freeze beat Kirby Smart 45-14. to Kirby probably has um, forgotten that. So, uh, yes, Kirby never remembers those Kirby things. Kirby has probably moved on. Absolutely, yes, um, definitely. Uh, so that's the one I would say from a fan interest standpoint, if you look at like storylines, and I think Auburn will likely be undefeated going to that game, et cetera, because mm-hmm. they have uh, an equally – um, uh, week schedule cupcakeish. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the one that's most interesting for me as as a fan. I will say the one that is most interesting for me from a football standpoint is okay. Kentucky. Is Kentucky okay? Um, I think Kentucky. You know, you've got Devin Leary at quarterback that yeah. transferred into Kentucky. You've got Liam Cohen who is back as the offensive coordinator who who led a pretty productive. Kentucky offense a couple years ago mm-hmm. when they came in and um, even with Will Levis at quarterback even they, were sti- <laughs> they managed to still be pretty productive absolutely yes and so I think you know when you look at when you look at Kentucky um, they also have one of the um, stronger interiors that Georgia will face this year, um, especially from yeah, especially from from an offensive line and defensive line or an offensive line standpoint. I think that game is one that is going to be a real bellwether for Georgia in terms of you know, I mean, last year, good example, Kentucky for whatever reason, twenty twenty one was you know, I think Georgia beat up Kentucky pretty good, even though it was a little bit of a fist fight, but Kentucky for whatever reason, can pop up and and give you a 16-6 to game um, that feels like you control the entire game, but the scoreboard doesn't look that way. And I think think with Kentucky having an actual capable offensive coordinator, uh, a quarterback who has a lot of experience and generally doesn't turn the ball over that much, uh, that one is very intriguing. Yeah, I mean, Mark Stoops is – is notably the only coach Georgia will play that that is willing to death march himself. Like he's shown that before, um, and he'll do it again. He's not afraid. He was down by two scores, that and he, ran he the just clock out. death marched his way down the field. By the way, bonfire.com slash store slash the one ninety nine um, to get your Mark Stoops Memorial Death March T shirt. Um, yeah, Kentucky loves to keep it close. We talked about that a lot. You you haven't mentioned South Carolina, and just for the sake of my co-host Clint, who is as it. high as a kite on South Carolina this year, just man has a love affair with Shane Beamer and his boyish enthusiasm for for football. Um, are are people overreacting to South Carolina this year? Is South Carolina getting a little bit too much smoke? I I think so. I mean, I think you know, for me, South Carolina's challenge is the challenge that every team that Georgia absolutely decimates has, and that's who who is going to block for Spencer Rattler. Oh, who's going to block 13? Yeah. 13's who, coming. Who who's, is going to block Michael Williams? Um, and, you know, I think when you look at – the reason I will give South Carolina a lot of credence is because that offensive line, I think, is going to be hot garbage again. And yeah. um, it doesn't matter how good some of your skill players are – when you line up in Athens to play Georgia, 
and you got to get between those hedges and go against that defensive front, you better have some guys that can block. And um, I think you know South Carolina is getting is getting a lot of praise for what they did at the end of last year. You had Tennessee, you had Clemson, you played you know Notre Dame uh, really good in the in a bowl game that you should have won. Um, but I think South Carolina is coming back down to earth personally, and um, and I think it's going to be because of that that interior on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, sorry, Clint, it's just not <laughs> it's not the year for you. All right, we got more to talk about about this schedule. Um, we're going to get to to more SEC opponents. Find out if John thinks Vanderbilt is going to win is going to go over their three and a half season win total that I just bet them to do today. Uh, all that and more coming up right after this. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn. Um, uh, they are the place to go if you need to hire somebody. They're the place that um, if you're running a small business, if you have a, a larger corporation, if you're in personnel, if you're in HR, if you're making hiring and firing decisions, LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go. Uh, Hiring somebody, if you've ever done it, can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post a job on LinkedIn Jobs. It is easy to create a free job posting on there and then add the job to the purple hashtag hiring frame. And LinkedIn on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. There are simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to find the exact right candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then end the interviewing process and actually make a great hire and get your business going. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to hire and talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's right there on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, John, let's move to the next stretch of three games on this schedule. It does include the aforementioned Vanderbilt Commodores who have they have three wins in the non-conference. Let's just start here. They've got three guaranteed wins in the non-conference, and then they have Wake Forest on the road. It's a tough game. Vanderbilt can win that game. If they don't win that game, though, they need to win an SEC game to get to that four wins that I need them to to cash. I bet it confidently. Is Vanderbilt getting to four wins this year? I, I'm going to go a step further. I oh, think with no. Vanderbilt, I think when Georgia goes to Nashville to play Vanderbilt, I think Vanderbilt's going to be five and two. <laughs> I'm going I think to have Vanderbilt, a lot of extra money for the concession think, stand at that game. I think Vanderbilt is. I think Vanderbilt is starting four and zero. I think wow. they're going to lose to Kentucky and Missouri. I think they're going to beat Florida and yes. come in and be five and two. I believe. I love that um, you just gave them an L against Missouri, <laughs> and then you turned right around and 100%. said they're going to beat Florida. Hey, 
Missouri, I know we'll talk about Missouri. Missouri, I mean, I think Missouri, the interior on the offensive defensive side of yeah. the ball, is going to be good. But Vanderbilt, right. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt I three believe, and a man. half season win total. That's an early lock for the people. That's three and a half wins. Clark Lee me, has got things going over there. All right, give me Will Shepard on that Florida secondary. So give it Georgia to is going to Vanderbilt to play a home game in Nashville. Yes. Then they're going. Then they have a bye week, and then they have a, a home game in Jacksonville. It'll be a home game midway through the third quarter, um, when Jeez. it's nothing but Georgia fans left in the building. Yes. And then they come back home for their third consecutive home game. This one against the Missouri Tigers. Um, what What do you have on those three games? What do you like? What do you Boy. not like? Is there anything that worries you in that stretch? Yeah, the only thing that worries me in that stretch, and and I wouldn't say it's a it's a worry necessarily, is um, is Missouri. I think Missouri. I mentioned this a couple of times. I I don't know. We'll see. Excuse me, if Missouri can score any points. I mean, that's the question with Missouri. Uh, yeah. But Missouri has a new offensive coordinator that Eli Drinkwitz has said is going to be calling the plays. Missouri has Brady Cook and Jake Garcia, who I think are two very capable quarterbacks. Uh, more importantly, Missouri, I think, is going to have the best defense that Georgia is going to play in the regular season in 2023. Wow. Um, that Missouri defense, um, who, you know, we saw it last, we saw it last yeah. year where Missouri – they, um, they stout, did, obviously. yeah. Well, the, well, they did. They did what you have to do if you're going to contend with Georgia. They came out and punched Georgia in the mouth, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. That interior punched Georgia's offensive line in the mouth, and they're returning 77. percent uh, I'm sorry, they're returning 80 percent of their production on that defensive side of the ball. Hmm. So. When I look at that stretch, I don't think it's a concern for me because I don't think Missouri is going to be able to score points. But if they have figured out their offense by that point in time in terms of being able to like maybe, you know, get Luther Burden in some mismatches and maybe, you know, Brady Cook um or Jake Garcia whoever ends up starting for them is able to get the ball out, that one could get interesting cuz I think the defensive side of the ball for Missouri is going to be I think they're going to be stout this year. Um I we talked earlier in the show about Hugh Freeze and Kirby Smart's memory. Yeah. Kirby Smart doesn't have to dig very deep <laughs> in the recesses of his memory bank. Oh, I, I honestly believe this is like a 60 to 6 type of game that, like, yeah. it, very possible. Where, I mean, Mike Bobo wasn't calling the place in that game, <laughs> but he was sitting in the booth yeah. while yeah. while that game happened in what must have been a very frustrating situation for that Georgia yep. offense because, as you said, got punched in the mouth a little bit, really couldn't do anything in the first yep. half of that game. Um, I, Yeah, I I feel like there's there's a, there's a bit of a revenge factor. Um, Georgia doesn't have very many people that they can try to get revenge on this year yep. or any year, but uh, Missouri might be one of them. Why yep. is Florida so bad at football, John? God. Um, well, where do we want to start? Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen didn't recruit for three years. He's the greatest thing to ever happen to the University of Georgia. Used to be Reggie Ball was the best thing that ever happened to the University of Georgia. Now it's Dan Mullen. It's a hundred percent true. Dan Mullen. So here's, here's Florida's conundrum, right? Dan Mullen didn't recruit for three years at Florida. Left a bare cupboard for a guy coming in, uh, from the Sun Belt who mm -hmm. supposedly did 
the analysis and evaluation of 20 quarterbacks in the transfer portal and decided his best bet was Graham Mertz. That's the guy <laughs> so, he wanted. He wanted so, Graham so, Mertz. So why is Florida so bad? They had nothing to begin with, and mm-hmm. then the guy that is in charge with rebuilding the roster <laughs> has decided that Graham Mertz is his best bet to ride into a 2023 If you've uh, ever watched a Big season. Ten football game, this sounds like a joke that we're saying. Lord this is the mercy. actual truth of all the quarterbacks who were willing to come to Gainesville, and that's a big caveat here because true. no matter what Sunbelt Billy tells you, he did not have his pick of 25 quarterbacks he did in not. the transfer he portal. He did, okay? he did not. Um, but of all the SEC schools that are starting quarterbacks out of yeah. the transfer portal, and there's going to be a lot, right? Alabama's probably going to be starting a quarterback out of the transfer portal, yeah. a quarterback we make fun of a lot for not being good at football. We've already mentioned mm-hmm. the kid from NC State um, mm-hmm. that I think is going to be, I think is going to be very good um, mm-hmm. at Kentucky. Definitely, Kentucky yeah. upgraded their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is probably going to be starting, even though they have Jackson Dart, they're probably going to be starting a, a quarterback it's out of the transfer portal. There's a lot of transfer portal quarterbacks that are going to be starting in the SEC. None of them are even remotely as bad as Graham Mertz for so, the University of Florida. So bad. This and is so, a guy that potentially could make Emory Jones look competent at football. I mean, like that's how bad he might be. He's so bad. And um, you know, Grant, I think if you look at the the 2022 season in the bit in the Big Ten. Graham Mertz had a 57.3% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, playing teams like <laughs> 1 and 11 Northwestern, uh, Maryland, Illinois, oh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois State. I mean, these were the guys he was playing 57.3% completion percentage, 19, 19 touchdowns, 10, 10, 10 interceptions, got sacked 24 times. Um, so I, I mean, I just don't, it's not that's great. the guy. Yeah. 52.5 QBR. That's who you're hitching your wagon to. So that's why Florida does not scare me in the least. Mm. Um, and I think you mentioned, you know, 60 to six. I think, I think that Florida game legitimately could be, um, the game, you know, the Jim McElwain got fired game when Georgia, win. when Georgia won 42 to seven and the, the, the players, the first team were admonishing the fourth stringers for giving up a touchdown yeah. in a 2 to nothing game. Um, uh, I don't think. Do you think Billy Napier gets fired this year? I don't think he does. No, no, no. There's no way. That, there's yeah, no yeah. way they're firing him after two years. I don't think so. And the recruiting has been better. I, I, I think Florida understands that they are in a long rebuild right now, and yes. I don't think. I don't think they fired Billy Napier. So, no. all right, we got more games to discuss. Maybe the toughest two games on the schedule are coming up for the Georgia Bulldogs, and we'll get to it right after this. But first, let's talk about eBay Motors. Um, if you are a championship team like the University of Georgia, this will be insight for all the other fan bases listening to the program. If you're a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit 
just right. So next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part that you need fits right the first time around. Just enter the details of your car and add your car to the My Garage tab. And then look for the green check mark to know that every part that you order will fit exactly or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time after all. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, John, let's get to the home stretch of this schedule. It is obviously home against the Ole Miss Rebels, it is on the road in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers, and it is back home um, in Atlanta, Georgia, against Georgia Tech uh, for a home game on the flats. So what what interests you about this schedule? This is the most talked-about part of Georgia's schedule. Mm -hmm. So let's just start with the Tennessee game. Um, It is every expert's prediction for the only place that Georgia could lose a game in this regular season in your mind is it the hardest game on Georgia's schedule and is it the most likely opportunity for Georgia to transition from a 12 and 0 football team to an 11 and 1 football team I'm going to say no I mean it's hard to look at this schedule and say if you're comparing all the games um, maybe it, it's up there, but I, for Tennessee, Georgia, Georgia has proven two things. And I am, I am a believer in, um, when you, when you show something over and over again, you have to believe it to be true until somebody proves you wrong. Mm. And Kirby smart has shown over and over again that these gimmicky offenses that try to spread guys all the way to the boundary and just focus on working somebody the first read open that he has shown that he can absolutely suffocate that offense. And so I think Neyland Stadium, if this game was in September, if this game was the third or fourth game of the year, when Tennessee would likely be undefeated, I think maybe you're in a different situation. Ooh, okay, yeah. But I think Tennessee is going to have three or four losses coming into this game. The SEC mm. East race is going to be over. And I think you're going to be in a situation where that, you know, kind of uh, the shine and, and what Tennessee fans felt last year playing Alabama is not going to be the same environment, the same stakes, the same situation that they will feel playing Georgia at Neyland Stadium. Um, And, you know, so two years in a row against Josh Heupel's offense, Kirby Smart's defense um, has not allowed a touchdown outside of – has allowed one touchdown outside of garbage time. And that was the first or second drive of the 2021 game in Knoxville. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I look at that game, I I think that – I think Georgia's going to blow out Tennessee in Knoxville. I genuinely do. And and I think – I think the environment forty one to nothing. They wouldn't beat them forty one to nothing. No, hey, they wouldn't do that. No, but to listen, them in but their home they stadium. they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They might do forty one to seventeen. <laughs> I've seen that happen. 
I've uh, witnessed it before. Stadium. Witnessed yeah. it before. So um, that's my take. Yeah, I don't hate that take at all. We've obviously mm-hmm. talked about this game a lot. The listeners yeah. probably know my opinions. Let me get. Let me transition you though to the game that I think, <laughs> if it weren't in Athens, Georgia, yeah. would make me legitimately very, 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 very nervous. Cool. Because let me tell you, who is an offensive genius but doesn't feel the need to run gimmicky Gus Malzahn, Josh Heupel type stuff to be to earn the moniker offensive genius. That is Lane Kiffin. Now you say what you want about Lane Kiffin, but he is um, one of the brightest offensive minds in college football and has been that way for quite some time. Um, we make fun of Lincoln Riley a lot on this podcast, but I really think it's Lane Kiffin and Lincoln Riley. Like those are the two guys to me that if you said you have to hire an offensive coordinator today and um, you know you can't go to the Ravens to get him, then you those would be the two guys that I would look at. The old Miss offense, we we mentioned, or at least I alluded to Spencer Sanders earlier. They've got Jackson Dart also at quarterback. That quarterback battle, I think, will be ongoing. Uh, we'll see who comes out on top. But um, I like this old Miss team this year. I think they Man. could be a real threat in the West. Man, you're not kidding. Listen, old Miss... Last year, until Lane Kiffin decided to flirt with Auburn in yep. the last four games of Boy, the year, what was that? Oh, even? I have no. You remember idea. the drama? God, God. Leave, and it was and it was like weeks of drama. And while that drama yeah. was going on, Ole Miss lost their last four games of the season after starting the season seven and one. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think you know, I think Lane obviously with an extension, Ole Miss, I think he's going to be a lot more focused this year. What Lane Kiffin does that Josh Heupel and other folks that are given um, the offensive genius moniker undeservedly, Mm -hmm. what Lane does is he uses his personnel. He looks and he says, what is my best chance to have a productive offense Mm -hmm. with the players that I have? And he squeezes the maximum potential Mm -hmm. um, out of that team. And so if you look at last year, they had 496 yards of total offense, um, 200 and 76 of those or 256 of those yards were rushing yards per game. The previous year, they had 270 the, about the same 492 yards and 274 yards a game passing. So what he did was he looked and he said, "Hey, I've got a young quarterback. I don't have a lot of guys that can get separation, so we're going to figure out how to run the ball. I got a good offensive line. I got, you know. And so when you look at a guy who can do that, that's always makes you nervous when no matter how good your defense is, you have a guy who can say, I'm, I know how to use my personnel. I know how mm-hmm. to get mismatches. And and what he's also returning is he's returning um, three offensive uh, linemen starters from last year that have over 750 snaps each. Mm-hmm. Um, he's returning, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, who is who the best is running back. Dude. The, the best running back in the SEC. That's a, um, that and then his re- Yeah, and then his receivers, like, you know, he, he's got um, two guys that transferred in, Trey Harris um, – uh, in particular from Louisiana Tech, who that guy had 925 yards receiving last year, 10 touchdowns. I mean, a really, really good skill player. So Miss Ole Miss, if it wasn't in Sanford Stadium, would make me nervous. I do think Ole Miss is going to come into that game, um, you know, with 
very likely with you know maybe two losses, maybe three, but but I think Ole Miss is going to come into that game close to the top of the SEC West standings. They'll be they'll at that point there'll be three weeks left to go in this in this schedule. Mm-hmm. Yep, which means Alabama and LSU will have at least two more opportunities to lose, 100%. right? With yep, and so Ole Miss will be will come into that game. I think thinking. There's a chance, might be an outside chance. Yeah. There's a chance that we could win the SEC West and play in Atlanta at the end of the season if we're mm-hmm. able to take care of business in this game and yeah. um and and subsequent games. So, um yeah, that that game that game makes me nervous. Um any thoughts on Georgia Tech before we before we get out of here? Not the game itself, not whether or not they can give Georgia a game. Thoughts on the state of the program at Georgia Tech and whether or not there is any hope of them becoming moderately relevant in college football anytime soon. Um, the current, the current, I do think that they made the best hire that they could possibly make with the options that they had available to them. I think hiring a guy like Brent Key, who was on Nick Saban's staff, who went through all of that stuff with Jeff Collins, who probably was equally as frustrated as some of the players and other people during those Jeff Collins years. Um, I think they got a good coach. I think they got a guy who who is he he's an alumni. I think he cares about the school. I think, um, but and I he will got say, the most out of that team at the end of the, and he at did. the end of the season and he last did. year. They Absolutely. beat North Carolina. They that you know they. If, they if had a good end to the season. Yeah, if you want a guy who can create belief in a team, I think you've got him. Outside of that, I mean, you got Haynes King, who may or may not be a good quarterback. I don't know because he was under Jimbo Fisher, so who knows what was going on. I mean, no um, one can be a good quarterback no, in that no. system. But I think you've got a decent. I think you've got a decent foundation for what Georgia Tech. Their first step that they're trying to do, which is just compete in their. In the ACC. I guess the ACC. Yeah, just compete in the ACC. What used to gonna, be the Coastal. I was going to say right their division, now. but they don't have a division anymore. Yeah. But just compete in the ACC. And so um, I think I think they'll be able to do that in the next couple of years. I think that ACC, that Georgia Tech will be able to compete for, you know, up in the the top half of that, you know, fourth, fifth, kind of in that, in mm-hmm. that conference. Um, but I think it's going to be a very long time before Georgia Tech is even – remotely competitive with Georgia again. He is John Smith, John Tweet Sports over on Twitter. I am Daniel at Dogs Podcast. You can hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. Leave a drop a comment on this video or send us a message. We will be back next week with lots more to cover about the University of Georgia as we get ready to talk about fall camp. We get ready to break down some early season matchups and get ready to watch some football on our televisions soon. John, thanks as always for being on here. We will see you guys next time.